Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And on this episode, Games of Late, some news. And Ryan, can you hear what's coming? Tell us what's coming. I think it's coming. It's It's the hype train. And we've we've got the friend of the show here we got chad mccallum from of dyson men hey everyone cardboard conjecture is proudly sponsored by amazing stories comics on 8th street in saskatoon they're the winner of the joe schuster award for best comic book store in canada and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is uh, Cardboard Conjecture. Let's get into some games of late and... Uh, um, why don't we start with uh, Chad, of uh, our, our, our um, provincial uh, compatriot podcast um, uh, of Dyson Men. Uh, what have you been uh, playing of late? Down here in the very far away city of Regina, Saskatchewan, um, <laughs> I, I had a board game weekend with my friends uh, not too long ago, and we played a whole bunch of games. We got, we got some classics out like Puerto Rico and Power Grid. We oh. got some newer games out. It, it was a blast. We had, we had a solid 24 hours but one game uh that came up in previous game sessions and and the host requested i bring it back is a game called we're doomed it's published by breaking games it's kind of a party game a little bit more on the serious edge but not really it's 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 all over the place the concept of the game is everyone plays a nation so you're Mm -hmm. uh you're a democracy or a theocracy or a bunch of other things um and Earth, Earth is doomed. We're doomed. There's nothing we can do. We have to get off of Earth. So as a bunch of the leading nations, we decide we should build a rocket ship and then, you know, just fly off to safety. Uh, so the game is a real-time 10-minute game in which everyone gets to take a turn doing, doing um, you can either get resources or get influence or steal resources from another player. Or if you have enough resources, you can actually nuke another player and remove them from the game entirely. Um, <laughs> so every, everyone takes their chance or uh, everyone takes their action around the table. Um, and then at the end of every round, there's the project, which is the empty game box in the middle of the table with this big, awesome hourglass timer on it. Um, and you have the option of putting as much resources into the project, which is this mm-hmm. rocket ship, as you want. And, and then every round, whoever contributes the most uh, resources gets to be the first player for the next round. But they also get an event card. And this is where the game gets crazy because uh-huh. the event cards are all over the place. Some of them are private events that you can trigger at any point that going forward. Uh, some of them are public events, like everyone around the table has to make a new national anthem for their nation and sing it before you can proceed. <laughs> 
with the course of the game. Uh, so there's oh, a bunch of random events that slow the game down and like everyone's trying to rush through it because you only have 10 minutes to do this thing. Um, and the concept of the game is you have to build this rocket ship and you have to have a certain number of resources in the box when the timer expires. Uh, so you have to have a minimum of 40 and then every 10 you add on top of that builds another seat on the rocket ship. But in addition to that, whoever has the most influence gets dibs on the seats on the rocket ship. So you very much have to balance actually building this thing and gathering enough influence so you can be on the ship when, when you know, it takes off and, and the earth, you know, expires or whatever yes. it's doing in that particular version. Um, but it's worth saying, I've probably played this about a dozen times, we've never successfully built the rocket ship. There's been so much crazy things that have happened and people kind of screwing each other over to get resources and influence that by the time the tiebreaker expires, everyone just explodes with the earth. So oh, it's, man. it's a crazy party game. Love and it's it. how long? It takes 10 minutes? Yeah, it's a 10-minute real-time game. Yeah. Oh, I've, I was anxious just listening to you talk about it. <laughs> And then you start throwing in that, like the improv kind of like oh, make, yeah, up yeah. A, make up your anthem. And I'm yeah. thinking inside 10 minutes, that's chaos and anxiety <laughs> all rolled up in one. And the events themselves are like, I don't know if you guys have ever played a game called We Didn't Play Test This at All. It's basically just a random heard about a, it, yeah. A bunch of random cards that they mash together and it kind of works. The events in this game are kind of like that. So you have that singing one. There's another one where you flip it over and it says, the world has renounced religion. Uh, the theocracy player just doesn't get to win anymore. They still get to be in the game. <laughs> they still get to be in the game so they can collect resources and steal from other people and nuke people if they want so they can play bitter that's, for the rest like, of the game. That's like Python. <laughs> funny right that's, yeah <laughs> everything cool. that's being described well right here is once we get games club oh yeah going again at high school oh, yeah. this sounds like an absolute yep. blast just set it up let them go at it we yep. can just sit back have some popcorn and watch the <laughs> oh. and it plays four to ten players too which of yeah. course it's a party game so it supports that higher uh, player count but yeah it's it's a great game i uh, uh, really enjoy it well I'm, I'm looking this up on uh, bgg and the uh the cards that you the stand-up cards that you have that that identify who you are it looks like they've got some you know pretty good ideas on on how to approach that uh faction i guess yeah so each faction there's five factions in the game but if you play 10 players there's two of each faction in play uh um everyone has the same actions every round but yeah. you, your your particular faction can do one of those actions better so democracy might yeah. be able to produce three instead of two or something now, like that so there's small tweaks right now it's funny because ryan and i are both like right brain left brain with his math and my humanities um, <laughs> right and being the former drama teacher do you guys kind of take on a little bit of role-playing action oh, yeah. when you okay <laughs> oh definitely yeah it's, it's so much more fun when when you lean into those roles I'm, and a, a lot of the times the event cards make you do it like there was one event card that said <laughs> you can't refer to yourself in first person anymore so you have to say <laughs> you had to make up a name for your nation and then you had to use that name the entire oh, rest of the thinking game is seinfeld <laughs> jimmy's <laughs> jimmy's going down jimmy's got a leg injury <laughs> yeah yeah oh, it's yeah. it's oh. it's it is That's, a ridiculous, silly game. So don't go into it thinking you're you're playing a serious like oh, civilization yeah, this game is, or something this like is that. But definite game club. Uh, no, material. yeah, this is getting added to a cart at some point <laughs> near near the near future. Very near future. You have just successfully before we even got into the hype train, um, got somebody either one of us to click on the uh, put it it put it in the cart. There you go. I'll um, make sure to send you my my affiliate link later. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Brian, 
you've you've got something that I love capstone I'm just they're just mm. like my new favorite little little uh they are uh, one of uh, cardboard conjectures favorite companies to talk about lately so um yeah we I managed to get my hands on a copy of Imperial Steam um designed by Alexander I think it's humor Heimer something along so one of the one Along those lines, I'm apologizing, Alexander. <laughs> I always mess that up. <laughs> uh, um, but Imperial Steam, at its heart, it's a train game. I'm not very known for playing train games not like 18xx or anything like that. Like, my heaviest train game that I think that I own is Railways <laughs> of the World. I was going to say Ticket to Ride. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, but you love Ticket to Ride for stuff. a while. Yeah, you love the crunchy stuff because what is it? Uh, Arc Rate. Arkwright's one of my favorite yeah. games. I absolutely love so it. So it's not that you go away from that. No. Yeah. So, um, and this one's not, this is definitely not like, don't go into this thing. This is an 18xx type of game. This is much more streamlined version. There's not a lot of things dealing with stocks, even though there's a stock component to the mm -hmm. game. It's not like, hey, I'm buying shares of Chad's company and we are driving those prices up and downs type of thing. You don't um, need a spreadsheet off to the side. Yeah, we do not need computers. <laughs> we don't need computers Poker off chips. to the sides. Yeah. Um, so my wife and I tried playing this. So here's the keyword: <laughs> tried playing this this past weekend. Um, we set it all up. By the way, it's a table hog. My mm. three foot by five foot table barely fits most of the components creaking legs and everything <laughs> so it, it it's a big massive board and there's mm -hmm. other there's sideboards here and there's contract cards over there and there's there's lots of bits and bobs all over the place um and then we started playing it uh i watched a john get games how to video because the the rule book is really quite long <laughs> and lots of words and uh we got through four rounds and then my wife said we need to stop. We need to start over. She's like, she's like, this is one of the, is this one of those games where it's like, if I mess up my first few turns, I'm like screwed for the game. And as I'm looking at everything, I'm like, this is one of those games where if you screw up your first few turns, you're going to, you're, you're, you're bone for the rest this, of the game. This so, is food chain magnet. Yes, honey. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, yep. So we took everything back and reset the whole board and everything. Okay. Let's go, and then it, it was a much better oh, cool. experience. Cool. Um, the ah. second time, once you figured it out, you're going to say then it was two a.m. and then we decided <laughs> to call it. <laughs> yeah, but, little vice. And, and, and here's the thing: <laughs> that the first four rounds went by really, really quickly because this is one of those ones where you gain action mm. points as you. So the first round you only got two actions. Yeah. Then the next one you only have three actions, and then four actions type of deal. So you got to get up. more actions. As it, as it kind of goes forward, that's also progressing the timeline of the game because the game only lasts for eight rounds after it right. after it's all said and done. Okay. And so lots of different things going on. So you have to have, it's resource management is the, probably the best way to put it. Um, you've got the four re main resources usually you find in these types of games, wood, coal, iron, and uh, steel type of thing. Mm -hmm. Or no, not steel, but stone. And you just need those things to lay down tracks, but you also have have workers that are experienced enough to build the tracks okay. into the certain city. So like a certain city will say, you need four experience to get to build a track into this city. And I'm looking at my workers and I'm like, oh, I've got two level one workers. 
crap. Can't build it. Can't build it this turn. Oh, nice. But every turn, every worker that you don't use gains experience. Mm. So then they, as, That's as, as yeah. you don't use them, they're kind of like going to school and getting a little bit more knowledgeable. And then you can use them on letter turn, later right. turns. <laughs> the stock That's part cool. of this, yeah. the stock part about this is that you can gain investors into your oh, company. Nice. And then you, every now and then as a free action, you can, uh, your investors can buy pieces of your company. So whatever your stock market is for your little, for your level, let's say if it's sitting at $90, I can commit an investor and he's going to give you $90 that you can spend right now. In return, at the end of the game, that investor is going to take 10% of your score Mm. at the end of the game. Of your score. That's interesting. Of your score. Because yeah, nice. in, in the guest game, that's the score is money. So he's going to take yeah. 10% of your money right. at the end of the game. So if I use 10 investors throughout the game, I will have zero money <laughs> at the end even. of the game and I will not win. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy because Jen went heavy investors and still managed to win the game, even though she like at the end of the game she's still lost. I think she had four investors. So she lost 40% of her money and she still beat me. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's impressive. Well, yeah, because a whole part of this is gaining these contracts. And if you're able to connect from the top right-hand corner to the bottom left-hand corner, there's a special city um, that if you're able to connect to that, you can score contracts. And if you don't connect to that, well, if you've taken contracts, you lose the amount of money that's on the contracts. And okay. I did not mm-hmm. get, I did not, con- <laughs> but I didn't go contracts. I wasn't yeah. uh, heavily invested. I was more like delivering goods to get mm-hmm. my money. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so many things going on in this game. It so sounds, many it things. It sounds kind of sandboxy when it comes to. And uh, here's, here's the thing at two player, it was less than 90 minutes. Oh, well, that's not bad at Everything all. Everything that I just described right. oh, wow, was going okay. on was 90 minutes in our two-player game. And then on the back on the box, it says up to two hours. So add a couple people. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, that first half of the game is going by really quickly. Really, really quickly. You're putting and things turn in place. order yeah. is important. Turn oh, yeah. order <laughs> is important in these games because there are so many times there she beat me to a rail line. Mm-hmm. And if somebody beats you to a rail line and you want to connect. You have to start paying them money to build right. next to their lines. So <laughs> there's so many times where she beat me on that. And then, oh, that's one so of my, many little things. That's one of my biggest rules when it comes to games. If there's a uh, uh, an, an initiative track, then initiative is important. <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. If they go out of their way to, to illustrate yeah. that, right? Yeah. It's, it's got to be something. If the graphic artist puts circles down, there's a reason. <laughs> right. right. And like most of these delivery spots, there's only room for like one or two of the type of goods. Mm. So you kind of have to like, you know, weasel your way in, get in there really, really quickly. So cool. Imperial Steam, we're going to play it a couple more times this week because I want to actually do a review of this. This is actually. There's a lot going on in this thing and there's a lot to like, and there's a lot of fiddliness <laughs> in the, in the, in this one as well. Yeah. I'll, the, the foreshadowing is that the setup, right. Ex- explain that it takes <laughs> the setup on this game is a bear. <laughs> it needs an insert. It's it your, <laughs> your play time right there. Just yeah. getting yeah. it on the table. <laughs> yeah. Insert time. This needs a concert custom insert. So I'm waiting on the aftermarket. Who's going to come up yeah. with the first one. 
Come on, folded space. Get it. Get it. Let's go. Well, this <laughs> is not like that arc rate that you okay. You played arc rate, right, Norm? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember all the little guys that go on like that factory board? Those little pitons or whatever. Yeah. You they have work. to kind of do the same thing with the goods in this game. There's like a section of the board where you have there's like, I don't know, 70 little cubes you got to place Ooh. on this little oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could get annoying. Okay. Super annoying. And then <laughs> depending on your player count. It's a different set of tiles you place out on the board depending on your player count. Like there's a three-player stack of tiles and there's a two-player stack of tiles. And it's the same amount of tiles, yeah. just the, what the tiles say on just them. Just different. It's different just a little bit, it's just a little bit different. Cool. So well, lots going on. Imperial Steam. If you're a heavy economic euro type of person with that likes trains, this might be something you might want to check out. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of availability right now in Canada for this one. Some of the online retailers, that's where I got mine. I got mine off of 401 right. games, but I haven't you seen had it the locally froth. yet. You had the froth. Yeah, I had the froth. Had to get there. Had to get there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, uh, I got to play one of my favorite games, and I'm sure both of you guys have a favorite game that you've never won. <laughs> and, several. Um, yeah. Several. Um, uh, I got to play Kemet again. I haven't played Kemet in so long. I've got, uh, and not the, the brand new one that came out, the Kickstarter, um, Envy, uh, Subnote Envy. Um, but I have the original with a, a nice uh, insert and the whole thing, right? Uh, with, um, I think, this, the SETI uh, expansion. But we just played base game because there was a couple new players to it. And uh, so, like, for a quick explanation, Kemet is like you're an Egyptian tribe. And it's uh, it's uh, um, minis on a map, and the objective, like you know, everyone's like, oh, we don't like take that. I hate take that in a game where there's not supposed to be, there, there shouldn't be take that. But this is a game where it's all about uh, the knife fight out in the open. <laughs> this <laughs> you get points for for engaging, and if you win a battle, you get a point. And depending on what game you're playing, it's a race to eight or ten points. Um, and the very cool thing I love about this game is it's a very tight map, which encourages this, this in, like, as we always say, it's a knife fight in a phone booth, right? Um, and uh, what I love about this game is the exploration to the asymmetry that you can create of your tribes, because everybody starts out with this, uh, with this player kind of tableau, um, a kind of uh, action uh, pyramid where you have all these multiple different actions that you can take uh, and you have action point thing, right? You've got uh, five discs. And, but what the asymmetry comes in is these tiles that you can pick up related to the pyramids that you choose to elevate in a, a, um, a achievement level. So there's a red, white, and a blue. That's colors of France, isn't it? Um, hmm. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so level, so the, the dice are, and this is the best thing I love about dice, when I don't have to roll them and they don't have to hate me. Um, right. The numbers on the dice just represent, um, you know, level one pyramid, level two, which reflect the levels that you can get on these, on these tiles that you can purchase to asymmetrically ramp up out, out of control, <laughs> overpowered, um, you know, insane kind of thing, but it's balanced because everybody else is overpowered. Everybody else has, you know, I've got, you know, Hulk power, but Achilles vulnerability, but you just need to find it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the part is you better find it quick because it's a race to eight points. 
right? If you can hold a, a temple, you get a point. Uh, if you get kicked out, you got to hand that point over. So it's so swingy in regards to, hey, they're in lead. Oh, but guess what? And if you have a, a pyramid that achieves a level four, you get a point. But if you go in and invade that person's pyramid, you can take that point away. So there's no kind of guarantee of what you're going to accomplish when, when you're setting out to, you know, strategically uh, create a win situation. So, yeah. yeah. I remember playing this once and I totally misunderstood the point of getting to eight points or whatever we were playing to. Cause I thought I went on the thought, defense or something. Or? No, no. I thought that once you get to eight points, it just automatically ends like <laughs> kind of like a scythe yeah, type yeah. of thing. And I'm like, and I got my eighth point and I win. And then you're like, uh, no, you have to hold it until the end of the round. I was like, to get right, to the night yeah. phase. And then I was like, missed that in the explanation. And I got, oops, I had no defense or anything that. Well, and you over. know what? I remember that game and I remember Adam was there and uh, um, I think uh, Dave was there. And I looked at both of them and they're like, I wasn't going to mention it to him. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. It's like, no that, way. But kind that's kind of a key detail, right? Yeah. That's but, just residual effect of how much I have influenced Twilight Imperium games. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they're just like, we're not saying anything. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if you're right, the chronology is, is, is exactly matching Adam's kind of. Uh, uh, Everything <laughs> revolves around that one Twilight Imperium weekend <laughs> right on. that no one trusts Ryan anymore in any game. It's like, this game has no player interaction. Why are you ha hating on me? Yeah. <laughs> so, Chad, have you, have you played Kemet? Yeah, I, I played the original version, uh, yeah. like, like you were talking about. I haven't played the Kickstarter yet. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like a lot of area control games, but I did like that one because, like you were saying, there's such a focus on attacking and aggression. There's not really a, a place or it doesn't make sense for anyone to turtle and just kind of mm -hmm. hold their defenses and hope they win. Yeah, you there's really no Australia that forward. you can turtle up in. Right, <laughs> exactly. You have to be forward. The The real wall I ran into with it, and I think it goes away once you play more and more and with the same group, is... Like like you're saying there's something like 48 different tiles you oh, can power up with there's just this wall uh when when you set up the game you basically yeah. set up a quarter of your table for all these little tile powers you can choose from which is great lots of variability lots of different ways yeah. you can go with your strategy but as a new player looking at that big you know wall of tiles it's it's hard to like get a grasp of where i should go and it, it's and almost like things that, connect yeah right it's like that paradox of choice right like you have so many options in front of you you can't pick one <laughs> i was just i was just visualizing standing at an ice cream shop going i don't i just want one i don't exactly, want a hundred exactly. i just want give me three picks right yeah yeah so i i totally understand that yeah yeah, yeah. but overall it's a great game i i really like the focus on attacking and a kind of uh, especially if you're not comfortable in those area control games of being the aggressor because yeah. it's a certain type of personality that really goes for that it kind of forces you into which i found really neat and there's sneaky stuff you can do in the battles where you can just retreat and and not right. allow the person to get a victory. And they're like, hey, you can get back here. Get back here. I need this point. And you're like, eh, bye. Nah, nah I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the uh, the special minis that you can get mm -hmm. that are like the the, the big sphinxes and stuff. Uh, the, again, rule breakers. And it's oh, yeah. Just, yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So love that. Love that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's Kemet. Um, and I think that's part of that trilogy they talk about with... Uh, uh inish and uh cyclades right yeah, yeah that the, the matigo kind of 
Yeah. I've played all three. They're all great games uh, in their own right. And I think there's even a crossover between uh, Cyclades yeah. and, uh, and Kemet as well. Like you get an expansion where you can use the monsters in one mm-hmm. and the other and type something like yeah. that. But cool. Great games. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go into some... Some news! Ryan, take us away. What do we got for some news? Well, you snuck into the show notes here when I wasn't looking at one point in time. You mentioned that BGG's got top six family games for the 2021 holiday season. So it's like the 2021 BGG holiday gift guide. And oh, it's a video. I thought well, it was an actual like text list. Oh. If, if you if you click if you click on no, if you click on the link, it brings you to the their Twitter feed, and there's a uh, there's a banner, and uh, I'll list I'll list the games for you guys because I can see that we're in front of me, and then we can oh there oh you got so it if I if I, actually, if I if I if I can look at the pic if I actually looked at the picture <laughs> this, this this works okay we got there we got there. Go for it, Norm. No, no, take it away. I just, I just saw you going. Uh, I'm, I'm in a tech situation. I need IT. Is there this, an IT to yeah, help me? This is, this, this is real. This is real time. Ryan goofing up, folks. Okay, thanks for good entertainment. Right. Okay. So, top six family board games, and these are not 2021 releases. But just I, to I, play. I noticed. I know. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Just I, I like. I like these kind of lists. Bring some of the things back. Because mm-hmm. Norm's favorite game, I is have on an here. objection of one of them on this list. <laughs> Norm, Norm's favorite game, Splendor, is on this list. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. But so, okay. okay, yay! Let's go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so okay, Splendor is good for what it is. Uh, yeah, for, I'll, for, for I'll what it is, it's Splendor, a mechanism. Splendor is a good family game. I will yeah. give it that. Yes, but you'll play Perfect. it twice and then yeah. move on. Right? It, it hits the <laughs> or, title, or, or or you'll play it a hundred times, like my wife and I have. <laughs> All right, but, I mean that's the no thing judgment. With, that's the thing with games. If if it scratches that itch in your brain, so mm-hmm. be it. Right. I'm interested in Marvel Splendor because apparently yeah. it's supposed to add a couple things. It adds like okay. it adds like a new gem, it adds like a new color to it. And Did you say a theme. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? (laughs) Okay, Um, so Splendor is one of the top six family games. Okay, good, a good family title. Absolutely. Um, Azul is on here because Azul makes every single list ever published, public ever since it came in its inception. When when there's twenty different Azuls, you're bound to be on all the lists, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Conquer, and, conquer by diffusion. Yeah, yeah right. and it looks and it looks like they have just the, the original yeah. version that's on here. I I can I can accept that. It's a pretty yeah. good it's a pretty good game. Um, my son Regan, he's six. He played he's played Azul with us. He's grasped yeah. the concept of being able what being able to do with it. So yeah, I've, I've introduced. 
I've introduced as all to my wife, my kids who are seven, um, and uh, my in-laws. They they all love it. My wife asks for it constantly, so it's it's definitely a game that that those groups can enjoy for sure. What I appreciate the most of it is the tactile of the mm-hmm. components. You just mm. it, the Jolly yeah. Rancher candies. They're just so much. Yeah, <laughs> they're appealing. Yeah, they're so edible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but those those are the two games that I have experience with. I uh, um, Norm has talked yeah. about Cascadia on the show before yeah yeah that's the that, that, uh, that's all you got is yep yeah yeah no i was i didn't want to interrupt you uh, cascadia uh is uh such a really cool uh tile placement um it it, it kind of stems from the calico idea where you take a tile and you put it into a, a pattern abstract kind of generating thing and then mm-hmm. um, cascadia takes it to the next level where you have uh, um, um, animals within this habitat of these patterns that you're creating. And you're, I often refer to it like tiny towns that you've got these recipes that you're trying to build in reference to the animals. And um, it is such, it's, uh, it has a simple rule set. I think, you know what, much like Splendor and Azul, very simple rule set, very fast understanding, but then take your time to, to grasp the depth that can be behind this game. You can play it at a surface level of just pulling levers and pushing buttons, or you can get really deep into looking at what your choices are and, and manipulating as best you can with, with some of the, uh, the wild pieces kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, this is uh, appealing on a whole range of levels of play and, uh, and uh, expertise, so yeah. Yeah, Cascadia, I haven't played it myself, but it was the darling of Twitter for a solid two or three weeks. I, I, oh, everyone yeah. and their dog were posting pictures of that game, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, And it sounds like the, the theme is really kind of appealing, but like neutral, so a lot of people would 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 take to it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's animals and, in a and, forest, you can't go wrong with that. And, that, and, that's, <laughs> by, and that's by another Cardboard Conjecture favorite, Flat Out Games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They've been Perfect. doing some great titles. Um, I've, and that's out of that list. That's the only one I played. So, um, so you guys are up to bat with the, with the others. <laughs> okay. Like, we got sheepy time. Sheepy time. Is that what it is? Yeah, is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, absolutely. Never heard of this. Thing. <laughs> I have heard of it. Yeah. Oh, I haven't played it. And yeah. the, the most I could tell you is random Twitter posts that I've seen, but I've, I've heard great things about it. So here's, <laughs> here's the thing that I'm looking at right now. It's AEG. I have absolute confidence and faith in, in a lot of yeah, products they, they put out. They usually put out good stuff. So mm-hmm. for me right there to be like looking in the music industry going, hey, yeah, you know, this is this, uh, uh, whatever band puts out an album. Yeah, you're going to get a good quality, you know, mit, you know, content. So that's that's about as much as I got for that. It looks very family friendly. Well, because, okay, that, yeah. that's the 22021 release that's on this list. Okay. Yeah, so you are one of the dream. You are one of the dream <laughs> sheep, the sheep that people count in order to drift off to dreamland. Each time you jump the fence, you help your person fall asleep easier. But the nightmares that haunt these dreams threaten a rude awakening. There's there's the twist, right? There's the twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Legos in the carpet in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's exactly that, that is D, exactly yeah. a nightmare. Or D fours on the ground as you're mm-hmm. trying to. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I forgot to put Kemet away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Uh, what's this other one? This co coatl. Kotal. 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 I think that is a 
um, central, I, I, I don't want to get too far off, but I, I'm looking at the art and I'm getting this kind of Mayan kind of uh, um, Central America uh, culture right. popping out right there. Um, oh, uh, the components of this game look out of this world. Oh, so they're if like, you're on the page, the, yeah, give us a yeah, picture. There's, 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 there's like little like plastic like dragon heads and you're attaching like body segments. Oh, neat. To the dragon heads and there's like looks like some pattern building that you're doing here and some con- maybe some contract fulfillment interesting you you had me sold on the on the dragon pattern matching <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm all over it. that's it's another game i've heard i've heard name dropped several times in the past few yeah. months on twitter but yeah I, I don't know much about it myself well oh, this that's... thing this this thing looks fat looks Fantastic! This looks like a family game. Yeah, nice. that the kid, the kid, the kids will just p- pick up the pieces and start just playing with them and stuff and just like that. Engage, making, making dragons and whatnot. Well, and okay, you know I, what? I'm, okay, I might have to just on the aesthetic. <laughs> put it, put it in to the check cart. This one out. Yeah, put it in the cart. Put it in the cart. Yeah. Um, put it in the cart. <laughs> the last one, if you're keying on the whole family thing, the last one's a dinosaur game. It's draft draftosaurus. Okay. Yeah. I've played that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you played it? Yeah. I've I have played, played that. It's actually, it. it is on board game arena, so it is playable on there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much a, it's a drafting game, uh, except I've only played it on board game arena, but I think what happens is you pass around handfuls of dinosaur meeples. Okay. <laughs> that, that's oh, how yeah, they yeah. illustrated it on board game arena. Uh, and then just like any drafting game, like seven wonders or sushi go or anything like that, you'll pick from the handful of meeples that you're given what dinosaur you want to put in your park. And then the park itself is almost like a roll and write sheet, except you're placing oh, these yeah, meeples on it. Okay. And then each area has different scoring conditions. So if you're the only T-Rex in the park, you, oh, yeah. you might want to put it in a particular area and that'll get you the most points for that section. Then you want to go for triplets in another part of the park. And that's based on, you know, the dinosaurs that are getting passed around every round it's it's a fun little drafting game i'd I'd put it kind of on the same level as like a sushi go type of of gameplay but you're passing around dinosaur meeples right so that extra point for that for sure oh yeah i'm looking at the the pictures and uh, again colorful Mm -hmm. um uh vibrant yeah and dinosaur plays nice and quick too yeah cool it's probably like a 20 minute game oh man i'm spending lots of money tonight. (laughs) i'm just I'm, i'm predicting it right now this wow. is the hype train, this, right? This, this this one looks fantastic too. Mm-hmm. So you you would actually be physically. I can see this physically passing these meeples around the table. Perfect this, COVID game. This oh, looks for sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, don't sneeze into the bag, please. <laughs> just get um, your hand sanitizer. Yeah, around, yeah, so yeah. Every, every time you pass the meeples, <laughs> yeah, just basically squirt Purell into the bag and shake it up. There we go. Next there you time. go. There you go. Uh, cool. Well, that's okay. That's a, that's okay. a good so that's, round. That was voted by one million geeks. Have spoken. Nice. Yeah. These are the top six family board games of the 2021 holiday season. Woo. Sounds like some solid recommendations. And I think most of those games are at a very decent price point as well. Um, so availability, right. uh, which makes pending, them family course. friendly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, Draftosaurus and Codal got got my attention. Yep. Oh, 100%. All right. Hi. If you like the content we're creating and the podcast episodes we're producing, please leave a happy rating on the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift 
and it would also help others find our podcast when they search for Board Game Podcasts. And if you have the time, check out our new YouTube channel where we have new content every few days. Just search Bridge City Board Gamers on YouTube. Thanks, eh? And we are coming back into one of my favorite uh, segments on Cardboard Conjecture. Uh, it's the Hype Train. Ryan, why don't you tell us what's going on, what the Hype Train's about, and uh, let us know who we've got. What, yeah, let us know what rolling kind of into the passengers. Rolling into the station this week is Chad from of underscore dice <laughs> underscore <laughs> of dice and men. Yes. Welcome, yes. Chad. That is our Twitter handle. If if people are missing the joke, uh, Ryan back in the our Ryan back in the day, we we're like, hey, we should do a podcast. Ryan, you're you're in charge of registering our Twitter handle. He's like, well, of Dyson none was taken, so I just threw a bunch of underscores in there. I guess it's fine. <laughs> We've had to live with it ever since. But yeah, uh, thanks thanks for having me, guys. I'm I'm really excited to uh, hype up some of my games here. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, if people people probably don't even know. Um, of Dyson Men is a podcast uh, in the sister city of Saskatoon here in Saskatchewan, Regina, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan. A really strong representation of the board gaming Canadian community here in Saskatchewan, right here on this show. This is like, other than uh, what was it, a uh, board on the air, also right. in Saskatoon here. Yeah. It's like the trifecta of board gaming <laughs> podcast. Definitely. We're, of, we're of like Western the, Canada here. We're like the prairie to Bermuda Triangle, eh? <laughs> that's fairly accurate you you get lost somewhere around davidson it's it's crazy yeah. how did i pop out in vigorville <laughs> and people listening from saskatchewan know exactly what exactly. we're talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well got us gotta stop for some cinnamon buns on the way to regina <laughs> what do you mean there's no services in bethune <laughs> all right chad so what you got for us on the hype train tonight so um, I kind of, I, I took it upon myself to put some restrictions on myself because I, I find I work a little bit better if, it, if it's not just free form. Because I was talking to Norm and like, okay, like, do you want games still in print? What, what do you want? He's like, whatever, whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, so I looked at my list and what I actually did was on Board Game Geek, if you rate your games, there's a section in the stats of your profile that says your most overrated or underrated Ooh, or right. biggest, biggest disparity in your rating. So I picked two of my games that I feel are really good. And on average, most people don't think they're good. So I, I want to hype Perfect. them up. I want to get people excited. Yeah. And then that I cut is it down. The very definition of the there you go. train. <laughs> and uh, and the then I cut it down. Approach. Yeah. 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 And then I cut it down to games that are still in print because there's a few other yeah. few few on that list that I, I'd, I'd hate to get you guys all hyped up and then you just can't buy them anywhere. Right. <laughs> so yeah. the two games I picked are Dark Souls, the card game, not the board game, Ooh. the card game. Right. And Dawn of Peacemakers. Have you guys heard of either of those ones? I've heard, I'm, uh, well, I've heard of Dark Souls, the board game. Right. Didn't realize that there was actually a card game associated with it. Okay. And yeah. Dawn of the Peacemakers does sound vaguely, it does sound like something I have heard of. Right, right. And, and oh. I can see Norm is vigorously Googling. Googling right in the background. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like board game geek search engine right now. <laughs> so what do you want to uh, talk so- about first? I'll start with Dark Souls. Um, so Dark Souls, the card game, is published by Steamforged Games, which is the same company that did the Dark Souls 
board game Kickstarter. And that was a huge one. A lot of people, you know, based on the video game IP yeah. were, were all into it because Dark Souls has a huge fan base as far as the video game is concerned. Right. And the board game fell a little short, I think, for a lot of people. It was way longer than it should have been. There was way more randomness to it than, than people expected, especially coming into the board or from the video game into the board game. You're kind of expecting a certain thing, and I don't think a lot of people got that. Mm. But at the same time, um, Steamforge took the license, I guess, and made this card game. I don't think they put it on Kickstarter. I think they just went straight to press with it. Um, and it's a lot of the same concepts. Um, and personally, I actually don't like the Dark Souls video games. They're extremely <laughs> hard, extremely difficult. I don't have time for that. Uh, but the card game, the card game really uh, speaks to me. So it's kind of a deck construction game. So when you start the game, you get a character deck. So you can pick the assassin or the warrior, a lot of the same types from the video game. And you get a deck of about 30 cards or so and they have stamina on them and then weapons and armor and equipment and stuff like that and the point of the game is uh you'll, you'll pick one of a few various maps that comes in the box they have two big scary bosses you have to defeat both of them within five resets so kind of like the video game um you have this deck of cards and you go through it and if you ever get to the point where you can't draw a card anymore it's not like your standard deck builder mm -hmm. you die you die if you can't draw a card Ooh. so it's very much a like almost not quite push your luck but it's very much you, you've got to keep an eye on that stamina and after each fight you can choose whether you want to keep going and try to get more loot and fight more bad guys and get more experience which in turn makes you more powerful or go back to the campfire so you can only go back to the campfire five times and then the game's done uh so it's very much like you have to manage you know all the how far you want to go each time you go explore and how much you can um, explore and, and work your stamina and equipment and and still try to defeat these two bosses before you know you're, you're done these five resets it's got a lot of really cool concepts in it. it's very much like a lot of deck builders where you've got this deck of cards you shuffle you draw five and you play what you can out of it you don't have to discard because if you do that it, it causes you to lose health effectively yeah, yeah. right yeah so there's a lot of strategy to it um you get cool like you have your starter equipment but you get cooler and cooler equipment as you defeat bad guys and, and, and bosses and stuff like that and it captures a lot of the essence of the game without making it like a three four five hour experience you can really play it in probably about an hour and a half maybe two hours if you're playing with the full four player count i, I usually play this with uh, solo or or with yeah. two players mm -hmm. um yeah it's got a real a lot of really cool concepts in it another another thing i really like about it is it has this positioning board and if you've played dark souls or demon souls so much of the video game is about positioning and dodging and all this other stuff so they tried to capture that a little bit oh, cool and in, in that you have it's basically a two by three grid on, on your side, but there's also a two by three geared on the monster's side. And then you have to be in a certain position to be able to hit them with your equipment and vice versa. So if you stand in a certain spot, the monsters will get you based on, on where you're standing and stuff like that. Uh, it's co-op. It's got a lot of cool co-op aspects to it, trying to work together to maximize the hands that you guys have in your decks and, and nice. do the most damage and stuff like that. So it's got so many cool little aspects to it. It has artwork from the video game as well. So if you actually are a fan of the game, you, you can appreciate some of that. A lot of the monsters and stuff are, are based on that as well. So, so many cool little things going on. Well, I'm looking at the, you just spoke about artwork. I'm looking at uh, some images and I've got like a nice shot of somebody's hand of cards. And uh, as far as the graphic style goes, I have no idea about the game. I don't know the IP. I'm just going off of first impression. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's appealing. And, and as far as, as, uh, uh, um, you know, looking at the inf card information, it's not cluttered, it's balanced. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, they use a lot. I like. I'm starting to call this standards of card geography, right? <laughs> right. Where there's things that are supposed to be in certain places, like you know, on the bottom, mm -hmm. that's where your resources or your you know your powers are. And right. um, it's I've not played this, but I look at this and I'm I feel familiar with 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 what I'm seeing on the card. Like I'm not looking at it and going, oh, it's a, you know, it's a it's a mess kind of thing. <laughs> right. It's yeah, the, the graphic design is is actually quite clean. And it's a good example of like it, it makes the game easier to teach because the cards you see, they, they might yeah. be different. Like you'll you'll have different types of stamina and different types of equipment, but the information is going to be in the same place. And it mm -hmm. follows like one of five different icons type of thing. So yeah. because of that consistency, uh yeah, it, it makes it actually quite easy, like a, approachable. There's still a lot going on, mm -hmm. but because of that, you don't have to say, Oh, if you get this card, it looks this way, and this card looks yeah. this way, and, and you gotta remember which is which. It's just here's your hand of cards, and it's it's very obvious when you're holding those five or six cards what you can do because it's all just laid out so cleanly nice so mm -hmm. i see images here that has like miniatures are they describing <laughs> the miniatures from the board game and just like supplementing their aesthetic i the think card game? so they okay. I, I have the game and all the expansions and there's not a mini in sight so yeah, i'm perfect. assuming they probably so it's a true it it's a card true game. card yeah. game yeah. yeah don't yeah. don't need the minis i think these minis do look like they're from the board game yeah, yeah. so folks if you're looking at this it's a card game <laughs> yeah 100 card, card game, game. Yeah. and and um i'm a i'm a huge fan of uh having a card game interpret uh an action kind of of scenario because i'm a uh, i've got uh um uh um space hulk death angel the card game mm. and it's just this straightforward little card game that, that produces so much anxiety so much stress yep. so, right so i'm not going to deny the fact that that uh you know or belittle is like oh it's just a card game sometimes just a card game is huge as mm -hmm. far as well as far as experience you, you you still need to play Arkham Horror, the card game. Right. I Very know. True. That's, that's a good one as well. I've got the base <laughs> game. See, he's doing this to shame me. I've got <laughs> yes, the base I game. I haven't even, it's been sitting you have, on you haven't even the hit cellophane's on the bit. deck still. <laughs> I, I feel we'll, we'll guilt you into it. Yeah. yeah. I, it's yeah. like Slapshot. I feel shame. Okay. I feel shame. <laughs> this thing looks very interesting. Um. So mm -hmm. you said it could, the, the, how many, how many different, like, does it come like scenarios or is it just like random setups or kind of so when when you pick when you start the game you're you're kind of doing a set basically two bosses there's two bosses that are paired up and there's a bunch of different combinations you can play them in uh but the the encounters in between those two bosses are different they're they're randomized from a big deck of of cards and it's it's worth it's worth mentioning um there are i think two expansions out for this but the base game comes with a whole bunch of content perfect uh, the expansion the expansions are great i wouldn't say they're must-haves but they do add a lot to the game but the base game itself there's there's enough to keep nice. it for a while um but yeah so the the encounters you you come across it when you go to the bosses is going to be different and randomized every time you play but the bosses themselves you always play them in in pairs effectively and then the expansions add more pairs of bosses you can encounter and they come from the video game of course but they do a really good job of kind of echoing some of the like key features of the video game bosses in like the card form like the actions and how they move around the board and you have to hit this weak spot versus this weak spot and stuff like that so they do a pretty good job of bringing that theme back into the game now, if you don't have a familiarity with the with the game, are, is it going to be an obstacle in, um, you know, settling into the card game version? Or is it just pretty much here's the controls and they make sense and just go have fun? 
Yeah, I don't think it'll like prevent you from enjoying the game or really like understanding how the gameplay works or anything like that, because it is different enough from from how the video game plays. It's just one of those things where like if you've played the game, you'll get that extra little appreciation and like, oh, I know this boss right. or oh, oh, I've, I've run into this bad guy before in the video game. He's he's really hard to kill and, and stuff like that. So you'll get a little bit more thematic connection to it possibly, but I, I don't think it impedes your gameplay at all. I'm, I'm, and I'm asking this not to, you know, create an obstacle because it's already in my cart. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. see, this is why I pick games you can still get. Yeah. See, so that, so that we can go, all right, uh, uh deliver this to my work address, please. No, <laughs> um, cool. You don't, you don't do that now. <laughs> Well, I work at home now, so yeah. it's, it's, it's so the mailman comes at what time again? Or hell, okay. oh, I am on a first name basis with that guy. It's crazy. <laughs> cool. Dark Souls, the card game. Nice, mm -hmm. nice, nice. Great game. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry leading technology, Breakout Escapes escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Now the oh, yeah. next yeah. one, the next one, I'm bringing on of Peacemakers is the other game I wanted to bring forward. Um, that's from Snowdale Design, published by uh, Snowdale Design. Okay. The artist and the designer are Sammy Laxo. Um, it's it's one of those cool things. There's there's a, a game you come across every now and then where the designer and the artist and and the game developer are basically the same person. And Sammy's uh, the yeah. person in this case. Uh, they actually just had a pretty successful Kickstarter. Um, it was called Lands of Galzir or something like that. It, um, big adventure game. Um, and if you're familiar with the game Dale of Merchants, those mm. are all designed oh. by the same guy. Okay. And all of all of these games take place in the same universe. So Dawn of Peace Marikers is taking place the same place as Dawn of Merchants and, and stuff like that. Oh, so nice. They're all very separate games, but they have that same kind of animal personality type of game to them. Um, Dawn of Peace Peacemakers is really neat. Um, Dawn of Peacemakers is a war game where you have two or more opposing factions trying to attack each other, but you don't play as the opposing factions. You play as a peacemaker. So the, your objective every game is to make sure the factions don't win. They basically have to wear each other out until they oh. give up. You have to manage their morale by doing things like intercepting their orders and changing them or canceling them on the fly or like convincing one unit to go left instead of right or weakening a unit so when they actually go into battle they're not as as strong and don't do as much damage things like that so you place these these little peacemakers oh, and the army the armies themselves are npcs so they have action decks that they'll just iterate through and you you can take actions to peek to see what upcoming orders are and stuff like that uh but if you left them to their own devices they would fight each other and one side would win and, and you would lose because one side won which is the, the yeah. uh, not the point of the game the, the point is to try to wear them down 
And yeah, so that alone as a concept was really intriguing to me, which is the main reason why I picked up. But it's also a campaign. It's a 15-mission campaign Ooh. with, leg- well, not quite legacy, but surprises in the box. It comes with sealed envelopes and boxes and, and units and stuff that you bring out as you play the campaign. And it also has a co-op, a semi-co-op, and a competitive mode to it. And a lot of games that try to do all of those things at the same time kind of do some of them lackluster mm-hmm. and, and not, a, not all of them great. I have not had a bad experience with this game. This is one of the first campaign games, and I've got a dozen of them that are still sitting on the shelf waiting for me to finish them. <laughs> this is one of the first campaign games I picked up and played front to back oh, because wow. I was so intrigued with the storyline and the mechanics that they introduce every every scenario. And then nice. when you're done, they have just battle generators that work really well as well and terrain generators and stuff like that. There's so much replayability in this box. It's crazy. And it's a, a really novel concept, which which is something I look for in games for sure. The uh, I've not uh, that you whole did, mechanism of you piece. do not need to say another word. I am <laughs> sold on this thing. So, when you were describing that, I'm looking at the screen and I'm laughing because it's like because hey, my that's eyes are Ryan's going like put it in the cart face. <laughs> like there it is. Yeah, nice, um, nice. The artwork um, is gorgeous. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it, again, the, the artist and designer are the same person, which is really impressive. And uh, like, I think he wrote most of the scenario text and stuff like that. So he, he was very heavily de- involved in, in the in the implementation of this game. The minis are very high quality. Yeah, yeah everything about it is 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 a really good production. The um, and speaking from the last game, that whole card geography and iconography, um, yeah. I think they do a really great job at uh, simplifying. The, the, the cards in regards to um, not having to take too much time interpreting what's going on. Yeah, so the cards themselves, uh, you have your own uh, deck of cards that you can use for your character. Each each player has their own deck. Um, and they have stats on them, and you can see the unit stats. They're all yeah. in the same place. It's it's very much a, a great example of graphic design, like like Dark Souls, the card game is, yeah. uh, where there's such consistency to it that it's one of those things you explain it once, and then it's just a thing that you can use going forward as a reference point. Right? Yeah. We, yeah, we often, uh, uh, I mean, from my instructional design background, throw on the term cognitive load, where... Right. where I don't, I don't need to know exceptions to a simple rule that there's, you know, like French grammar, here's the rule. And then here's the 25 <laughs> exceptions to that rule. Right. Um, uh, French was my worst subject. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. I teach it. Um, so yeah, See. I look at this and, uh, and to me there's there, it, it's a very smooth, fast, easy kind of interpretation. And it's one of those games because there's a campaign to it. Um, they get crazier with it, but they can mm-hmm. slowly introduce those concepts, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of like the game you were talking about earlier, Ryan, where you start with a smaller number of actions and you can get used to the way the game plays and then really expand your capabilities from there. It's very similar in Dawn of Peacemakers, where the first game or two, you're playing with some basic but still really intriguing uh, actions, and then they yeah. add capabilities and stuff from there, which is really cool. Oh man, see that intrigues me um, as much as, and I, I think you're you're gonna peek on this a bit too. Um, War of Whispers, mm-hmm. where where you're not fighting, you're the one whispering, manipulating the people doing. So I like that idea of you're not the aggre- you're not the you're you're not the things in motion. You're the things right. in between the things in motion. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very much that. You're still on the map, which War yeah. of Whispers, you're kind of taking a backseat and, and manipulating the yeah. events type of thing. But yeah, so it, it adds another cool aspect where some of the actions you want to take, like you have to be within a certain range of a unit you want to affect. So Ooh. 
in addition to making sure the armies aren't taking each other out, you have to like be positionally aware of where yeah. people are going to move and where you are in relation to them. And, and there might be a bridge you have to cross or defend or a tower or something like that. So, so, so many cool things going now, on. This as far, cause I don't know this, this world building um, uh, environment is, is with these characters, is there a lot of like, a fantasy adventure where there's you know some some mat like you said area of effect is it like magic user stuff or you have all these different characters that are able to do you know fantasy-esque kind of um, yeah I, I wouldn't say it goes as far as like fantasy magic type of thing it's yeah. more like your standard kind of um, medieval units with crossbows okay. and arrows and shields okay. and stuff like that but they will lean on because all of the characters in the in this world are animals of a yeah. sort they will lean on your animal capability oh, nice. so if you're if you're a bird you can fly right things like okay. that and 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 you know certain creature effects and, and whatnot really play into it which is cool okay so they bridge that idea through the the animal ability nice right yeah. which which to me right away um and i'm looking at ryan when i say this is very encouraging of younger kids to get into these campaign mini kind of games I was like, Chad, Chad just keeps layering it on where he had me at hello. <laughs> right. It's the hype train. That's, that's what you brought me to do. Yeah. Amazing yeah, um, stories, comics and Saskatoon has got three copies in stock. There you go. <laughs> only have two copies in stock as of tomorrow. They might have one copy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't, I don't want to fold as fast as Ryan here. I've got a little bit of spine on this show. A little no, bit of resistance. Really. No, yeah. <laughs> this. Yeah. Now I've not, as far as what are the other games you mentioned that are, are connected to Dale this world of merchants? Building? Dale of merchants, and I think there's three of those now, and I think they're all kind of standalone, but they build on each other or whatnot. And are they all trying to represent different kind of themes of? I think in Dale of Merchants, um, I haven't played it myself. I just I mean, kind of know. It sounds like an economics thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very much you You play as, uh, I think with Dale of Merchants, and I could be entirely wrong on this, uh, I think when you buy a copy of Dale of Merchants, there's three or four different like decks of animals you can deal with, and you're kind of trading. It's kind of like a uh, economic game type of thing there. Um, and then the other game uh, that was recently kickstarted, it's not published yet, is uh, Lands of Galzir, which is more of a like storybook adventure game. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it actually came out the same, or the Kickstarter campaign was the same time as that Iridia Paths We Tread by the designer that did Zia uh, Legends of the Drift System. Mm, and both yeah, of those, yeah, yeah. both of those were, I was so on the fence on both of those because they were like similar-esque themes, but like the same type of game. It was a really hard decision for sure. But yeah, so I, I, all of those games, I, I, ended, I didn't back either of them, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I was like, don't leave me hanging. Did you back one of them? <laughs> yeah. Well, my problem, my problem there was I'm like, Oh, fantasy campaign game. And then I look at my shelf. I'm like, oh, I've got, I've got eight <laughs> One, of those. I haven't two, finished yet. Three, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that that was the only reason I didn't pull the trigger on those because both of those look amazing. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dawn of Peacemakers and uh, Lands of Galzir and uh, Dale of Merchants, I believe uh, all three of those uh, take place nice. in the same kind of animal sphere. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got me. You got me intrigued with this. Both of these. Yep. If, if, if I was going to pick one of the two games, which I might pick two of the two games, <laughs> if I were to pick one of the two games, I'm pretty sure this one is going to be it. This one hit, like you hit so many check boxes of things that I like, and then you hit campaign and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Boom, and pseudo legacy, go. like you said, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. 
there's some big twists in that box too. It's uh, like, I was genuinely surprised opening some of the components and I'm like, Oh, and it happens like mid mid campaign, like mid level, like in the middle of playing a, a round of the game, this big thing happens, which is really cool. And like I said, the replayability out of the box, once you're done with the game, you started as a co-op game, uh, but as you play, you can choose to, to switch mid campaign. If you want, they start introducing competitive and uh, kind of semi-co-op hidden trader esque or like pers personal objectives is probably uh, a more yeah. accurate description yeah. of it. Uh, but they start introducing some of those goals in mind. So you can come back to the campaign and do the same thing, but now you have to do this on, on the uh, side of the map while also trying to achieve your objective. Another, and then, yeah, we'll throw and something then, else to juggle, yeah. And then the success of your campaign um, affects future parts of the campaign, which is really cool. I, I love that in campaign games, how, how your decisions can play forward. Yeah. Like in the Arkham Horror card game, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it has some of that in there as well. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have <laughs> never heard of how everything you described makes this sound like the one of the most phenomenal experiences that I'm ever going to have in board gaming. And I'm only hearing about it for the first time tonight. How is that possible? And that's why we have the hype train. We got to show some love. Got to show some love to these trains and get them on, get them some hype. I mean, so many games come out every year, right? It's, yeah. it's so easy for some of these good games to fall between the cracks. Like I think uh, the Dark Souls card game just kind of got undercut by the board game, right? Which yeah. is a big, expensive, fancy production that didn't do that well. So people probably aren't interested in, in the side version of that. And Dawn of Peacemakers, I think Snowdale Design uh, is actually self-published by Sammy as well. Um, so a smaller... Mm -hmm. They're not going to afford the, the smaller publisher, not going to have yeah. the same level of marketing. They're not the going to have like, asthma day. Yeah yeah. 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 So I think some of that came to play there as well, but yeah, it's great game. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's that same situation where, where it's like um, you, you have to understand too, that if you have a game that is, that is hypable uh, and then it just sits on your shelf, you know, like Arkham horror that you, right. you have to be, you have to have some compassion. To I, those I, I don't think I don't think Arkham Horror needs very much hype behind. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm talking about the at, compassion. He's doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm talking about the compassion for the guy who hasn't played it yet. But yeah, yeah no shame, shame. Right, right. Cool. Yeah. If I, I'm looking at BG uh, BGG stats here, only 658 people are registered like owning Dawn of Peacemakers on BGG. Yeah. Right That's now. an atrocity. Under under a thousand. <laughs> people we need oh, to, we need well, to change that we need to stat. fix that yeah. we, need we need to hype need this to up. up yeah it's going to be Definitely. it's going to be at 660 by these, the uh, by the end of the week <laughs> these two games are getting updated tickets to first class on the hype train there you go this is I, awesome i approve this is awesome cool so ryan um uh, i don't even have to ask if you are are uh, positively influenced by this this episode <laughs> of the hype train well, I was I was also positively influenced when we were before we even got to the high trade <laughs> in the games of late. Okay, put that one in the cart. Um, oh, it's be it's beautiful. I, I loved both of these examples. They were like like we said, these are prime examples of what the hype train is supposed to supposed to bring encourage. forward. Yeah, yeah, yay! Thank you, Chad. Thank hey, you. No for, problem. Thanks for, for having me. For, well, for, for low lightning my wallet. <laughs> I've been getting a workout. It's been too heavy yeah. lately. Putting a new Dude. ledger input in his uh in his Excel spreadsheet of uh yeah spent games. Miscel miscellaneous. You guys want to know the two games I didn't? 
I chose not to hype. Oh because yeah, yeah. Can't get them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one is one is Assault on Doom Rock, which is a game I I try to oh. name drop on our podcast as much as possible. I want to play that game so much. Love that game. Yeah. Great game. It's got one of the most unique battle systems I've ever played in any board game ever. Yeah. Um, and the other think- one is health. Go ahead. I was gonna say the cover of Assault to do that, that the cover got me immediately oh, yeah. looking over the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. That's another self-published one that they actually had a recent ultimate edition Kickstarter, but I think it was only in German because that's where the, the designers are originally from. So I'm not sure if that's coming over, uh, but hopefully it does because yeah. great game and more people need to get that game. Uh the other one is Healthy Heart Hospital by the old Victory, or I think they're still around, Victory Point Games. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Another great little uh unique theme. You're managing uh an American hospital. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the very first time I played that game, it's all about making your hospital not There's go no bankrupt. Socialism here. What's going on? <laughs> I, I played it as, oh, this is a Canadian hospital. We have to treat as many people as possible as effectively as possible. And I think I lost in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 more about managing your debt load than it is making sure everyone's healthy. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna leave the social commentary there. But that's another great game uh that just has so many unique it's oh, it's a cool. bag bag drawing game, which is really cool. So Nice. Cool going on. Brian, you can't look for those, so don't even bother. Yeah. Okay. Second second hand market for that. So Chad, just before we wrap this up, uh, why don't you let everybody know where we can where we can find of Dyson Man and uh and uh what's going on with that uh realm of yours. Oh, do I, do I have to say the Twitter handle again? No, you don't. This have is, to. This no, is just because of that. No, no, this is coming from the absolutely guy should. I, <laughs> this is coming from the guy that when he said a website on the air, I actually went http <laughs> colon colon slash slash. So at of underscore dice underscore and underscore men is our twitter handle and it really is our most active uh, kind of social media channel we, we post in there uh, a few times a week kind of the games we've been playing and, and some of our episodes and stuff but yeah we've been a board game podcast for about five years we started on the local radio here and then eventually moved online and yeah it's myself uh, ryan and adam just talking about games we've played lately we kind of bring up a few topics that we've seen kind of bouncing around the the board game twitter sphere and, and online and whatnot and just have fun with it really it's is what it comes down to our, our last episode we talked about oh i'm totally gonna put myself on the spot we talked about um beyond the sun we actually did uh oh yeah yeah it's a great game it's it's also on board game arena which is part of the reason why we talked about it we did uh for the first time we did a kind of a pre-game and a post-game we played a game a, a, an actual game of beyond the sun before in the middle of our yeah. podcast and obviously we'll edit that part out for for those that didn't watch us live but yeah kind of giving a post-game analysis and some of the reasons we like the game some of the things that are kind cool. of weird playing on online and, and whatnot but yeah uh any anywhere you can find podcasts uh you can definitely hear us and Every now and then we hop in on what you've been playing Wednesdays as well. So yeah, definitely have fun over there. Cool. Well, uh, anything else to add there, Ryan? Nope. But I think Chad just has to sign us off <laughs> on the on the hype train. He has to he has to blow the horn. All right. Very beautiful. There we go. <laughs> we'll, we'll throw in some audio support in post production. There we go. Yeah. Much <laughs> so uh, well, uh, we get we're obviously getting to that point where we uh, um, always like to appreciate uh, you listening to the podcast and uh, and sticking around and uh, and hopefully spending some money, Ryan. Right? Right? Yes. That's the whole point <laughs> of listening to Cardboard Conjecture is to spend money. Yeah. Well, uh, that being said, I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Mr. Moneybags. I mean, Ryan. And thank you to Chad for, uh, for uh, participating in this episode. And we'll catch you later. 
This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039. Thank you.